Hello, everybody. This is Kevin Witham, and welcome to Season 2 of the Common Grounds Unity Podcast. In this season, we want to focus on practical discussions about unity within the Stone Campbell movement and beyond. Jesus valued unity and prayed for it, that we may all be one so that the world may know. We believe unity is best achieved through relationships rather than beginning with disagreements over doctrine, practice, or ideology. We value the gathering, breaking bread and sharing a cup of coffee or your favorite beverage. We invite you to gather with another Christian outside your particular family of churches and tell others that unity starts with a cup of coffee. So grab a cup and let's get started with another episode of the Common Ground Unity Podcast. Welcome to another podcast of our Common Grounds Unity Conversations and Dialogue. We have been in a series out of Ecclesiastes chapter 3, or grounded there, I should say, about a time to tear down and a time to build up. And today, we have a great opportunity to have a conversation with a group of young adults who have their roots in the international churches of Christ, that, that stream of the Stone Campbell movement, and they've created a podcast with a, a goal and an intent to create a space for intergenerational and hard conversations about controversial topics like church culture and faith deconstruction and, and other topics. They, they seem to be willing to tackle um, just a number of issues and have a conversation about it. The podcast is called The Space Makers. You can hear it on uh, most platforms that carry podcasts. And again, they, their attempt and their goal is to create space for this kind of dialogue and conversation. Today, we have two from the Spacemakers team, Isabel Gates and Megan Whitcomb, and they're going to be joining with us. And, and as a side note, as we launch into this conversation, Nick Zola, who's a founding member of the Common Grounds Unity Board and a professor of New Testament up at Pepperdine University, he was a guest on the Spacemakers episode number 10. Uh, so if you want to hear Nick in that dialogue, look it up. We're so excited to return the favor, welcoming the Space Makers to the Common Ground Unity podcast now. Tina, good to be back with you as well, my gracious co-host and talented co-host. Um, how are you doing and, and all going well? Yeah, everything is well. And I'm really excited that today the women outnumbered the men. So that's always a good day. Um, yeah, I'm super excited for this episode, and I hope that we'll get feedback, questions, that it'll create uh, conversations um, as well from this podcast about the issues that they're trying to raise just around conversation and how that can bring us together. Before we start, uh, we want to listen to a clip from their first podcast that set the scene for the rest of their season one. Let's listen in. Hi, my name is Isabel Gates, and welcome to the Spacemakers podcast. Even though I will be your host on paper, this podcast is a lot bigger than me, and even bigger than the Spacemakers team, who you will also hear from. Behind every episode we release are months, years even, of conversations we've had with young people all around the world about church culture, spiritual trauma, deconstructing faith, and so much more. We are about to unpack some potentially difficult and controversial topics, but as we do, I want to make it clear that these are conversations that are already happening all around the world. These aren't new thoughts or rare thoughts. It might just be that you're hearing them for the first time. To further tell you what this podcast is about, I have to tell you how it came about. My friends and I here at Spacemakers all grew up very differently, but we all have a very similar story. We grew up in the same church movement, just in different locations around the world. We were introduced to the Bible very young and told about Jesus before we could walk. For that, we are extremely grateful. But each of us, in different ways, as we grew up living out the Christian walk of life we were born into one way or another, we started finding ourselves questioning, why do we believe what we believe? We started to realize that loving God wasn't always simple. That people in the church didn't always act or even live like Jesus. That sometimes our leaders and preachers were saying things we didn't agree with. 
that sin wasn't the black and white thing we thought it was when we were kids. We started to see our friends, people we love, walk away from church hurt or even traumatized. And of course, things aren't all bad all the time. We love God's church and we love God. We take our doubts and questions to God and we pour over our Bibles. But we believe that we can both love a church family and see its flaws. We can both fully love a perfect God and grapple with the imperfect way humans follow Him. Just to put things into context, the Space Makers team all grew up in the International Churches of Christ, or the ICOC. But we hope this podcast will be helpful to people in any religious space. Because though some of what we talk about could be specific to our church culture, we believe that more than anything, these issues and topics are universal. We believe that Jesus spent much, if not most, of his ministry calling out flawed religion for the sake of good religion, preaching love and hope and grace and not just rules and spiritual power structures. We believe that we can talk about things that are hard and we can disagree, but still love and stay unified. We believe this and so much more. But here at the Space Makers podcast, you don't have to just take it from us. I have with me some really opinionated young people, and we can for sure talk your head off. But just as we want to create a space for young people to ask for change, we also want to create a space for those who are not like us to come and have a conversation. The people you will hear from, including both the Space Makers team and our special guests, will most likely disagree on a lot, and that's okay. We want this to be a place where young people can listen just as much as be heard. We have a lot of really exciting, really wise people lined up to speak on some really important topics. Our prayer is to cross generations and cultures and to build bridges. Yes, maybe we will have some controversial ideas on how to make church a better place, but we want to work on those things together. We believe that in order to have true unity, you have to have difficult conversations and uncomfortable conversations. We believe God calls young people to be examples, to fan flames, to speak up. But we need those who don't think like us, who are older than us, who are different than us. Everyone is welcome in the space we're making. Okay, so let's just jump right in. Uh, And would you guys just start by giving us a brief introduction of yourselves and tell us a little bit about um, the Space Makers team. How many of you are there and how do you know each other? That kind of thing. Yeah, so um, we're basically just like a group of friends from everywhere that I've met through a lot of church events and things like that. Um, So first, I'll introduce myself. I'm Isabel Gates. Um, I'm here in Dallas, and I'm the main host. And my husband, Devin Gates, he's also one of the space makers, and he does all of our like editing for the podcast. Um, And then Megan's here too. She can introduce herself and the rest of the team. Hi, everyone. I'm Megan. Um, I currently live in Los Angeles along with two of my best friends, Rachel. Um, she's also on the Space Makers and Janae. Um, and they we all live in Los Angeles together. And then there's also Sebastian Buck. He lives in Berlin, Germany. And then there's also Alex Cameron, and he lives in the UK. Um, and so we all kind of know each other, like um, Isabel said, just through um, Hope Worldwide, which some of you guys uh, might know about, and we also know each other just through, um, yeah, just like the ICOC stuff. So um, we all like study various things uh, that kind of all lit a passion about the various topics that we talk about. Um, but yeah, so that's kind of an intro about all of us, a brief intro. Yeah. Tell us a little bit about how this came about. I, I, I marvel that you've got such a broad group living in so many different parts of the world and somehow you came together to form this podcast how did the idea come about uh, how did how did you get this lifted kind of who who initiated that and then tell us a little bit about the journey and then some of the goals that you have for the uh, space makers podcast yeah. Okay. Oh, man. Um, so we do, I think, talk more about this in our episode zero, which is like our intro episode. But 
Um, basically I, I mean, so again, we're like all friends from different places and stuff like that. Like I knew Rachel from growing up in the Philippines when we were like literally babies and our parents were in the ministry there. So lots of different connections, but, um, basically I think it was during early pandemic where we were just having so many conversations left and right. Like I felt like it was my full-time job, even though it wasn't (laughs) like I had other things like other jobs, but, um, it felt like this consuming thing because, um, it was just, there was so much conversation about, um, just different social justice things, different church culture topics, all this stuff was just kind of, everyone was home and I guess thinking about it and all this stuff. (laughs) And so I was, I felt like I was on all these zoom calls about purity culture or like racial tensions in the church and all these things. And I was just like, oh my gosh, like there's this whole movement of especially young people in the ICOC that was talking about these things and beyond the ICOC, but I was just like, can we figure out a way to like, I don't know, like show that like a little part of what's going on basically. Like there's just this huge movement of these conversations going on. And I was like, can we shed light on just a little bit of it? Because a lot of people don't know these conversations are going on. And so um, Megan actually started this um, Instagram account a couple years ago called Lifeline LA. And she was doing some of this stuff kind of in an Instagram social media format in terms of having these conversations. And so I was like, okay, I'll reach out to Lifeline. I'll reach out to my friends here and just like random (laughs) groups. And so we just kind of made this little um, group of people who were passionate about this this kind of stuff. And we were like, okay, well, um, we want to do this in as nice of a way as possible. We don't want to like, we want to be, um, I don't know, unifying in how we do this. And so we want to have people that um, are in, at least in our church, people that people respect and look up to. And so we'll have conversations with them. We'll have interracial, intergenerational, sorry, I can't talk, um, conversations and things like that. And so it kind of snowballed into this um, podcast. So sorry if I was long, but (laughs) no, that's (laughs) good. Yeah. The thing that I love is um, that even though there's the uh, even two episodes specifically about deconstruction and there's the mm-hmm. kind of the theme of that through so many things that yeah. um, this isn't just based on the space makers sitting around and saying, let's let's talk about deconstructing this issue or this issue. I was right. really not. I guess surprised at first, but that you all had 1,800 people respond to a survey. And so I think that it's important for people to understand that the, like on podcasts, the people that we hear from, we can put them as the face of a particular issue or a trend right. or whatever, but you all had 1,800 responses to your survey. Will, right. will you tell us just a little bit about what surprised you about that? Yeah. Migs, do you want to talk about that? That was your survey. Yeah. Um, so that was a, like a lifeline survey that we launched in the summer of 2020. Um, and that was also just a byproduct of the conversations that we were having. And we had no idea that it would get that many responses. Like we just sent it to some friends. We posted it on the lifeline page and we were just like, okay, like maybe 50 people will like fill it out. We just honestly wanted to see if, people had the same experiences that we had because we were like, maybe it's just us and that's fine. And we were just like, oh, let's just see. And so then over the course of like maybe a week, we had the 1800 responses and we saw like these huge trends worldwide. And so we were like, oh my gosh, like this isn't even just LA. This isn't even just California. This isn't even just Pacific Southwest. This isn't even just America. This is like, this is literally widespread ICOC culture. And so I think that opened our eyes to see that um, the things that have hurt people, the things that people have seen, because the survey wasn't, let's talk about the positive things. And that was something that we got a lot of feedback on on the survey was that we didn't talk about the positive things, but that wasn't really the focus of the survey because we know that there's so many positive things 
that come out of churches. We know that. We know that there's so much community. We know that it builds amazing relationships with people and it facilitates a great relationship with God in so many ways. But we also know and have seen more recently that there are also negative components to a greater corporate culture that we need to work on. Um, and so we just wanted to see, okay, what are those aspects of culture that we can fine tune to make sure that people aren't getting continually hurt? And how can we hold um, ourselves accountable to make sure that we're not hurting people while they're trying to pursue a relationship with God and a relationship with people? And so we just saw that like, wow, okay, there's aspects of our purity culture that have been really, really harmful to people who grew up in the church. Okay, there's aspects of our dating culture that have been really harmful to people that have really hurt people's feelings worldwide. Okay, there's been aspects of whatever, you know, like we just saw that it was really widespread. And so that ignited a lot more conversation amongst the space makers uh, that hadn't even, we weren't even the space makers yet. That was just like the Lifeline uh, girls, which is uh, me, Rachel and Janae. And Sebastian was helping us with that as well because he was living in LA at the time. And Sebastian was friends with uh, Isabel, and Isabel was dating Devin. I don't know if you guys were married yet. Were you guys married? No? Yes? I think we got married like like a month before the podcast launched or something. Okay, so you guys weren't married yet. So it just ignited a lot of conversations, and we saw that this problem was like – or not problem, but like these conversations and these like – well, I guess, yeah, these problems were like a lot bigger than just us. And so I think that ignited our passion to be like, okay – like we need to speak up about this uh, because it's not just our experience anymore. Like this is this is like a corporate thing that we can actually put a name to and that we can start advocating on behalf of these people for. Sorry, that was really long, but yeah. No, that's okay. And I think that we are, you know, just coming out of a series on lessons learned from Mars Hill. So it's not unique to one denomination or one... Uh, you know, brand of our Christianity. I think that, you know, I think you have said it on several of your podcasts. It's all, we're all, all churches are made up of people and we are not perfect. And so um, in, in the um, kind of thread of things, you all talk a lot about deconstruction. We just define what that means for our listeners. Um, how would you define deconstruction? Um. Man, um, we, I mean, I'm trying to like remember how we actually for, like phrased it in our intro to deconstruction episode. That'll probably be a better um, cover of it than what I'm about to do. But um, I don't know. I think deconstruction is this like really demonized topic right now, especially like in the church. It's very like, I just hear it thrown around as this like horrible thing, which is really funny because I don't see it like that at all. Um, I just see it as, Um, you know, you're given a set of ideas, a set of beliefs, a set of practices and a lifestyle, like, especially if you grew up in the church, or even if you grew up like in America, like you're surrounded with all these Christian ideals and things like that. And so I think deconstruction for me just means like sitting down and looking at it and being like, oh, why do I believe this? What are the things that are actually of God? And what are the things that are either harmful or just not necessary or not helping me love others or all these things and just really looking at it in a critical eye, um, not, you know, in any bad way, but just genuinely like wrestling. And um, I think it's even like a step further right now with a lot of, I don't know, there's just a lot of stuff going on in the world that has kind of like, I think ramped it up a bit and just like, there's a lot um of things being revealed about a lot of religion in general or organized organized institutions that you just kind of have to sit back and like look at things sometimes. And I think deconstruction is kind of tied to a movement of um, people just kind of stripping back all of the things that we kind of associated with Jesus and with God, but weren't actually of Jesus and of God. Um, And so I don't know. Meeks, do you want to like elaborate on that? (laughs) I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I think the only thing I would add is that deconstruction isn't just like a one-time process. I think 
it's something that we kind of go through over the course of our lives because um, we can't just, you know, unravel everything all at once. Um, it's kind of like a, um, a, like, okay, we like learn something and then we kind of unlearn something and then we kind of build something back up and, or we, and then we like learn something else and then we unlearn something else. And so it's kind of like, I think people can see this thing as, or deconstruction as like, okay, just, it's a season or it's just this thing that happens and then you're over it. But I think oftentimes it's just, it's uh, almost like a posture of just, I don't know everything. And I'm open to just being humble and like, how, like, the Bible is an enigma and like, we don't know everything about it. And like, it's almost like, who are we to uh, assume that we know everything about it and that it's so such a clear document. Um, and so just having like a posture of like, okay, I'm open to whatever new information um, that might come up about it, you know, um, and being humble to, new interpretations um because you know new tech like new um information is coming up each and every day about everything <laughs> in this life we we have new um psychology new like archaeology new like new information is happening all the time and so i think a large part of like deconstructing or whatever is um yeah, just a humble posture, I guess. And so I think that just happens over the course of our lives forever. So that's the only thing I would add, I guess. It seems like it's become a bit of a, a word that's a catch-all. And I think maybe there's a lot of fear of the term deconstruction, because for a lot of people, it's just meant this is how I deconstructed my faith in Jesus and walked away from God altogether. But that's not always the meaning of, of as Obviously not how you're using it. Um, I, I would always say we uh, in the Stone Campbell movement are one of the uh, early deconstruction movements. We were, you know, one of the groups saying um, no human has the right to dictate our faith to us. Let's go back and, and peel away generations and millenniums of human tradition and creeds that have crept up and man-made teachings. And let's, let's try to get back at what Jesus originally said and what that early church looked like. Not to become sectarian like many of us have become. We, we can easily kind of get fossilized around our own um, uh, forebearers' beliefs. Uh, so, yeah, it's a healthy thing to go back and examine our faith and ask why we believe. So I'm, uh, these conversations just can be so healthy. Um, reconstruction you know, hopefully comes out of deconstruction. What does it mean to you? And, and how does reconstruction factor in to the discussion so that there's faith affirming conversations that take us back to Jesus? Yeah, I think for me, deconstruction actually led me to a deeper relationship with God and um, a deeper understanding of what love really means, because I was able to kind of strip away all of these weird like things that I had in my mind about performance and rules and like things that I was just told and not like, I don't know, like deconstruction just helped me to kind of reconstruct um, back with like a, a more genuine faith. Um, and like that came from just looking at my faith really hard and being like, okay, well, what if, um, what if I do deconstruct and it looks different than what my preachers have told me or what the people in my life have um, said that it has to be. Um, and so I think reconstructing, reconstructing for me at least has become something that has produced a life that is like so much more worth living and something that, um, feels a lot more like real to me and genuine and healthy. <laughs> um, so yeah, I don't know if that's really big, but it's just true. <laughs> I bet you guys have gotten some uh, feedback. Uh, it's funny when I listen to your <laughs> podcast, 
when I'm thinking about, okay, you all are young people, I'm older than you. But when you're talking about older generations, I'm like, yeah, those older generations. And then I'm like, wait a minute, I'm in an older generation than them. But one thing that struck me um, before I asked this question is that when I was listening to one of your podcasts earlier in the week, it, it struck me that those of us who are older in our faith um, get tricked into, or somehow we get this feeling that we're your parents, we're your parents in the faith, but there's not that in scripture. We're brothers and sisters in the faith and we should approach each other that way. So not with, I mean, respect both ways, but not a thing where we can lord over someone younger in the faith than us, or that, yeah, just, I think it's a hard thing when we're, when we look at a younger or older generation than where we are, or someone that's older or younger in our faith, it's easier for us to feel like we're ahead, but siblings are not ahead. We're beside each other. And so Mm -hmm. I really appreciate that um, reminder that I got from listening to voices that are younger than mine, but that come from those that are brothers and sisters in my faith with me. So I really appreciate um, that perspective that you all bring. Um, So tell me about some of the feedback and reactions you guys have gotten, positive, negative, and, and what would you give us as advice on how can we better disagree? So um, I'll just open it that way and then you all can just share and and maybe coach us on like how we can have dialogue without demonizing yeah. or labeling and walking away on either side. Yeah. Um, so <laughs> the feedback has been really interesting. Um Okay, this sounds kind of dramatic, but one of my friends told me recently that he and he lives states away. Like he lives in like New Jersey and I'm in Dallas. And he was like, guys, anytime that I hear about the space makers, it's either you guys are the devil or you're gods. Like he said that verbatim. And I thought that was so funny because I feel like that's most of what the feedback that we get is like. It's honestly mostly really good feedback. It's like, oh my gosh, this is so amazing. This is so encouraging. This is what I've been thinking this whole time, which was the goal. I just like wanted it to be like out there. Um, I knew it was nothing like new. It's just like we're literally just putting it on a podcast. All the things that so many people have been saying under their breath this for years and years and some people are entire lives. Um, And so a lot of feedback like that, a lot of um, people who have had now had the courage to think differently or to have hard conversations or bring up stuff to their leaders. Um, I mean, my parents, like they, like they're a great example of like, they started listening to the podcast and basically like deconstructed like all of the stuff that they believed and like, we're like, oh my gosh, what do we even, what do I believe now? And obviously they've done a lot of reconstructing, um, but it's just, turned their lives around, honestly. And this is something that they told me. It's not me just saying it. Um, And they're like, I don't know. I've never seen them happier, healthier. Like, it's just really cool to just see like that there is a lot of like positive stuff. Um, That said, (laughs) there is also a lot of pushback just because, I don't know, for whatever reason. I mean, some people have a problem with the fact that we're not on staff and that we're talking. Some people have a problem that we're, you know, talking on social media, which is funny because I'm like, what sermon isn't on YouTube? Um, You know, like I, so there's a lot of that. Um, A lot of people just don't want us to be talking about these subjects at all. Um, A lot of people just nitpick, like you said this word weird and it sounds like it made me feel like this, you know, just like nitpick anything they can possibly get their hands on. Um, uh, I don't know. Like some people are like, well, there's too many like white male guests, which honestly is kind of valid. But we were like, well, we were trying to get a lot of the leaders on there. And usually the people with the authority are white males. And so, you know, I'm sitting here as a, a woman of color who's hosting a podcast. I'm like, that's probably, you know, more than what it, you've ever seen, <laughs> like what I've seen at least. Um, and so there's a lot of that or um, some some more valid, some not. Some, I mean, obviously it's all valid, but um, 
some just kind of missing the point or, um, I mean, we've been preached about, we've been gossiped about, we've been ostracized from a lot of different places just for like talking, which is funny because I think most of the like pushback has been from leaders. Um, from what we've seen, a lot of like the people in the congregation are usually like really supportive. And honestly, like we get messages like every day pretty much about um, people who are so like grateful that we've talked about these things. Um, but it's just, I guess, hard when leadership aren't some some leaders, I want to say that some leaders aren't used to not being able to control what is being taught or what is being said. And so there has been some pushback and some good things. Um, but I can let Megan go and she can probably talk about the um, second part of your question about like how to do it better. Yeah, disagreeing and conflict um, can be difficult and an analogy that I like love to use is, you know, when you lift up the rug, you know, people can be, can be mad when you lift up the rug instead. Of, and sometimes anger can be misplaced because they're mad at the person that lifts it up instead of being mad at the people that kind of put all the dirt under the rug for years and years and years. <laughs> you know what I mean? And so I see us as the people who are just like, hey guys, look at all this stuff that's been like hidden under the rug for a couple of years, you know, that everybody's now tripping over. And it's not like one person's fault, you know, it's just like everybody's been sweeping things under for years and years and years because that's just the culture that's been created. And so obviously it's like, okay, like why aren't you guys just stepping over the rug too? Come on, like that's the status quo, come on just step over the rug. But, you know, when you do a survey with like 1800 responses and, you know, all your friends are starting to leave because when they trip over the rug and it hurts and they get bruises and they're going to therapy for years and years and years, like you don't, you don't want to see that continuing to happen, you know? So a lot of the anger can just be displaced and that, you know, allows you to have compassion on them. And it's like, okay, I get it. I see why they're upset because, they're used to people just overlooking it. And so I think something else that I've noticed is that a lot of conflict can be um, somebody says one thing, somebody says another thing, those things. Um, um, how do I say this? Like, it just, the conversation stops there. You know, it's like, okay, agree to disagree. You know what I mean? Um, and the conversation doesn't really continue to happen just because people fail to actually be in the same room. It's just like the younger generation says this, the older generation says that, or this group of people says this, this group of people says that. But then the conversation kind of gets stifled because they fail to actually, actually talk to each other. I feel like the solution is to just actually get them to talk. <laughs> um, and so I think that's what we like actually tried to do with our podcast is to have people on or at least actually try to talk about like, okay, like, well, what about this? Or, well, what about that? Or we have a lot of one-on-one -on -one conversations. I was literally just at a retreat, a Pacific Southwest retreat for the ICOC this week. Um, so I was talking to a bunch of leaders and I was like, okay, but what about this? Okay, but what about that? And what about this? And it's just like little nudges, you know? Um, and sometimes I literally, sorry, I'm kind of on a tangent right now but um one of the leaders was like you know sometimes it's okay to like agree to disagree you know um and I was like that's totally true that is totally true and I think that's 100% right um it is okay to disagree sometimes and we have to be okay with being in fellowship with people where it's okay to disagree but another thing is also true where sometimes they're not like equal, you know, where somebody who disagrees like with me or with like the younger generation, like, or maybe it's not the younger generation. Sometimes maybe it's the older generation. Like it's a lack of empathy and a lack of being willing to see somebody else's worldview. You know what I mean? And sometimes that's not necessarily right because Sometimes what some people are advocating for, they've already seen that other side. They've already lived it. They've already been there. 
and sometimes the other person who's failing to agree or failing to even see it isn't even willing to empathize, isn't even willing to be there. So I don't know if that's even like what you're asking, but it's just something to consider. Yeah, just to add a little bit, um, I think it's interesting that even like, honestly, most of the people who had a problem with us having this podcast didn't even really listen, (laughs) which is a very interesting thing. Um, A lot of people literally preaching about us and I'm like, wait, so like, have you listened? Or they're like, you should have me on the podcast so I can say something good. And I'm like, have you, have you heard it? And they're like, no. (laughs) And so I just think it's so funny because if you have a problem with somebody talking, just the fact that they're talking, you don't even know what we're saying. And you just have a problem with us talking. Like that was just very telling. Um, and I think, um, I don't know, it's just really interesting, um, to see, how everything played out. A lot of the conversation was like, oh, well, they didn't say it right. It wasn't what they said. It was how they said it. And that was a lot of what we were hearing. And so I think with Space Makers, one of my biggest thoughts was like, okay, well, what if we say it nicely? Like, (laughs) what if we say it nicely? What if we have all the most respected leaders in the movement come and talk and we just have a conversation and we don't agree with them 100%. They don't agree with us 100%. What if we just talk Um, and we're as kind as we can be? I mean, I feel like our tone is pretty... um, pretty nice. (laughs) Um, At least that was the goal. Um, But then it was like, oh, we're getting the same exact pushback. I was like, wait, so it wasn't the way they said it because we're literally hiding behind these white male like leaders that you guys respect and you're still shooting arrows at us. Um, And so I don't know. It was just very it was just like an interesting thing to observe. And so I think one of the things about this generation and just like where society is right now with how much information there is at our fingertips how much stuff there is out there. And like, we, like, we can't afford to not look at things that are uncomfortable. We just can't, especially if you want to grow your church, if you want your church not to die, (laughs) like you literally, like, it's just like impossible. Like, you know, you have to be looking at things, seeing things from other people's perspectives, seeing, um, listening to things that you don't disagree with and seeing maybe, maybe I'm wrong. Um, and I think that's the thing, you know, even our podcast, we had so many different perspectives. There were episodes that I didn't even agree with that we aired. And I'm like, some of this stuff that they're, you know, like, but I'm listening, but I'm still saying like, there should be this dialogue. It doesn't have to be like, I don't know. I just feel like we're all we're all humans. We're all adults. And like, if you're, you know, uh, I don't know, like we can we can decide for ourselves. We can look and we have the Holy Spirit. And like, that doesn't mean that we can we have to like shield information from people. And I think that was one of the things that I saw was like, oh, so you don't want people to even hear what we have to say. And it's like, can't they decide themselves like we might be saying some crazy stuff I'm I will totally say we're not perfect like we might be saying some things that are off that's totally fine I don't agree with a lot of the things that I said in the first like couple episodes that's totally fine but we learn and we grow and we still listen to each other and like that doesn't mean oh we don't look at it we don't look at it because it's hard and um I'm a journalist by trade so I you know when I see an a headline that goes against my world worldview. I still read it like because I want to know, am I wrong? And like that's how we grow, that's how we learn, that's how we stay humble. And I think, you know, one of the biggest things that I've learned recently is seeing God in other people and seeing how um I don't know, like I just feel like re- that comes with respecting God's creation, seeing like okay, well this person has something to say. Maybe they are different than me. Maybe I'm a minister and they're not. Maybe I'm from America and they're not. Maybe whatever it is, um, they still have something to say. They still have God in them. And like, I think that was one of the things that I I learned and saw a lot with our first season was like, oh, like some people like 
I don't know, like it, it's so hard to even just like look at things that are hard. And so I think that's part of why there was so much pushback. Um, Cause we're, I think, especially with um, religion, oftentimes in your own sect of whatever religion you're a part of, there's um, often a very common narrative because you have like a pulpit and then you have a lot of people listening. And so now with the internet, it's not so much this like one person has the mic and 300 people are in the audience listening on the internet. Everyone gets the mic and every like, what are you going to do about it? And so I think, I think that's a beautiful thing. I think that gives room for God to work like never before, because I think God made everyone equally. Um, but it's different. And so it's a, definitely an adjustment. And when you have people like young people like us who are out here saying crazy things, apparently, like <laughs> it's definitely something to get used to. Um, so, yeah. Well, ladies, it, 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 truth never has anything to fear from investigation. And uh, we learn from questions. I, I think, you know, through my life, um, sometimes I've questioned things vigorously and I've come to conclude at times, well, things were maybe as somebody was suggesting. And, and and then at other times I thought, wow, I see that very differently than they do and uh, have, have drawn different conclusions. And sometimes it's discussion around just the same set of scriptures. Um, so I, these conversations, they're healthy, they're, they're good to have. Um, Truth doesn't have anything to fear from investigation and conversation. Um, tell us a little bit. We're gonna we're gonna bring you back uh, for another podcast after this, so we're not gonna exhaust every subject here. But tell us a little bit about your your guest list, and maybe share a little bit about some of your favorite episodes. If you were to say to somebody, "Hey, go listen to this or that episode," um, other than episode zero to give the introduction. Um, what would that be and why? And and if you do a second season, is there someone you already know that you'd love to talk to? I can go. Um, you guys already mentioned it, but I loved the Nixilla episode. I don't know if I just stole Izzy's. Um, <laughs> I also liked Marty, but um, the Nixilla episode really, I think everybody loved that one, but it really, really tackled uh, one of the biggest things that we see in the ICOC, um, which is like the one true church mentality, you know, where nobody will really outright say that, you know, we're the only church out there, but it kind of manifests itself in little phrases, in little cultural things that we do, little things that we abide by that aren't actually biblical, but we hold as biblical truths. Um, and so it was super cool having Nick on because he was like converted in the ICOC, but he was in like the COC for a bit, I think, and still is in the COC, I think for a bit. I'm getting jumbled up probably. Um, so sorry, Nick, it's been a while since I've listened to that episode. Um, but he's just kind of jumped around and like his like professional career. I mean, he works for a Church of Christ school. So his like story is just like super cool. And he is a bridge between a lot of the restoration and Stone Campbell movement. So it was just like really cool to talk to him because I think his existence challenges our one true church mentality stuff. And so just getting to talk to him was really, really cool. Um, and so that was my favorite episode, one of my favorite episodes. I really liked the Marty episode too. Um, and then the second question was if we have a season two, right? That was the second question. Yeah. Okay. I have, um, yep. this one might be a little spicy, but I really would love to talk to Sherry Gale. Um, she's one of the ICOC teachers um, and one of her topics that she talks about is um, intersex individuals in the church, or, or not like in the church, but I, intersex individuals and the intersections of faith and how they fit into the gospel. Um, because I think intersex individuals kind of don't fit our binary understanding of gender um, and our binary understanding of God. 
And so I would love to just have a conversation of her with her on like what she thinks about that because she advocates on behalf of um, their existence, on behalf of their um, just their experiences and stuff. And so I would love to just have a conversation with her um, because I think the things that she teaches and the things that she talks about would completely uh, baffle me and baffle a lot of people. Um, and so I would love to just sit down and talk with her because she's a genius. And I've heard one of her classes before and my jaw was on the ground basically the whole time. So, <laughs> so I would love to just talk to her. Um, and if we had a season two, um, yeah, I would love to just pick her brain. So yeah, that's me. Yeah. Um, okay. So I think for me, honestly, I probably had the same favorite episodes um, as Megan. Um, I mean, I, I loved so many of them, so many of them. Um, but I think what was different about the Nick Zola episode and, and the Marty Solomon, who does Bema um, episodes, were just like the fact that I think they both spoke to this like kind of mentality of Christianity that I wanted to adapt so bad, which is just kind of like a stop drawing lines between people and stop like, I don't know, stop like being God to other people, like, like, you know, playing God and like, can, can you maybe be wrong? Can you maybe change things? Can a whole movement of churches maybe be wrong? Like, can we maybe like, can loving God look different than what we thought or what we say and things like that. And it was just this like beautiful display of humility that was actually being carried out in how they live and how they see the world. Because it was like with Nixola, it's like, is it about more than just a church membership? Is it, could we all be doing something like, I don't know, can we all be different and still be one with God like is that possible and with Marty it was a lot about the Bible and like not drawing these lines and like I don't know it was just so beautiful and I think that really I mean those episodes were game changers for me so that's probably why I have to say that they're my favorite ones um which was the cool thing about even just having the podcast it was like I got to just like sit back and listen to these amazing people um and I probably learned like more like you know I know that like some people are like, oh my gosh, I learned so much from your podcast. And I'm like, I did too, because I was literally just sitting there listening. Um, and so, yeah, that was really cool. And I think for me moving on, I'm just like really excited, which I mean, we don't have anything too concrete for um, what we have planned in the future, but I'm just really excited because I think we're at the place where um, – we're a lot more like courageous and bold. Um, for me, I'm such a people pleaser that like even starting season one, I was so timid and scared <laughs> of saying what I actually believed, um, which is funny because I, I feel like some people will be like, well, you still said some crazy stuff. But, you know, I held back a lot because I was afraid, um, you know, growing up, it was just like the the scariest thing ever would be like if people thought I was a bad person or if people ostracized me because of what I said or whatever. And I'm like, that was like my worst fear. And now that that's kind of happened, I'm like, oh, I'm fine. <laughs> like, um, I know that the the right people who the people who really know me know my heart and all these things. So I think I'm like in this place where I can just be a lot more bold, um, have a lot more people that um, might not be the typical people who are at the pulpit, which is a huge, um, that is a huge thing that we want to do moving forward because we wanted to kind of start the podcast with a lot of like people that are kind of respected and experts and all this stuff because, you know, we want to start with that. We want to start, you know, gaining traction because <laughs> that's how you do it. And and now that I feel like we have the mic, I'm like, okay, let's pass it on to the people of color, the people who are in the margins. Like, So I'm very excited about that in the future. So please pray for us because it's, you know, a whole thing planning that stuff out. But that's kind of what I'm thinking. <laughs> Is there anybody in particular, Isabel, that you're – or a, a type of person or a hmm. like a voice that you really – like want to um I think I mean up. just just more women more people of color um I do also want to do more like intimate one-on-one -on -one, um 
interviews with even just the space makers because I think that you know for the first season it was a lot of like okay we went to somebody listened to them and then we just kind of responded to them but I also know being their friend that the space makers like team has so much knowledge and so much amazing stuff to talk about because I talk to them all the time and they blow my mind and have taught me so many things and so I would love to even just like sit down with Sebastian and talk about like his life and the things that he's learned and things like that so honestly like my fellow space makers and just diving into what they're passionate about but besides that I don't really have anyone specific as of yet I don't want to like say something and then it doesn't work out too (laughs) Well, ladies, we have really enjoyed this conversation and appreciate your being with us. The podcast for our listeners, again, is The Space Makers. You can find it on uh, the various platforms, wherever you listen to your podcasts. Um, We're going to bring you ladies back for another week uh, here on Common Ground Unity. So uh, we're not cutting the conversation off. We're going to continue the conversation um, and have you join with us again. I want to say to our listeners, it has been uh, you know, a real joy for Tina and I to be with you again for another discussion and conversation. Uh, these ladies, I think, are learning a lot about and sharing how to have hard conversations, how to, how to differ, and how to, how to disagree at times, and yet still have a, a unity among ourselves. And that's a part of our goal and a part of the heart, big part of the heart of Common Ground Unity. So let me encourage you as we're, we're kind of exiting, we have a, a, a statement that we repeat week to week. Unity starts with a cup of coffee. Go find somebody in this movement or outside the movement, others who believe in Jesus and sit down and start building those relationships and bridges and have good conversations. Uh, join with us next week. We'll be back. Thank you for listening to the Common Grounds Unity podcast. Please check out commongroundsunity.org to learn more about who we are. You can subscribe to the essays, join our Facebook group, or find our YouTube channel. And please check out the gatherings page where you can connect with other unity-minded Christians in your area. If you can't find a gathering in your area, we can help you start one. It's not difficult or time-consuming, and we'll help you out along the way. It really does simply start with a cup of coffee. If you want to volunteer or ask questions, please email john at commongroundsunity.org. And lastly, we need your help by donating to this ministry of reconciliation. Your donation is tax deductible. Links for donating are in the show notes or on our website. Until next time, God bless. And remember, unity starts with a cup of coffee.